Yo, what's up? Left now, die later. Um, we just uploaded this two weeks from now. Number 83 or 84. Um, this is a special one. Uh, live from Inglewood. We got Chris from Despise You. I mean, I don't need to give you an introduction. Just what's up? What's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, this is crazy because I was expecting to come here and like because every interview I've seen from you are like really awkward uh -huh. and like people have told me like yo he's like awkward dude you know what I mean like it might be crazy awkward. for you to yeah like very like like don't don't talk a lot uh -huh. and I'm actually recording while you're cooking so that's yeah that's a cra that's every, pretty crazy everyone's got to eat yeah at least once a day so I think this is a special one just because we, uh, I mean we're talking about earlier it's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We live in a world of like saturation and with the internet everybody could pretend to be someone else and like do a good research on how to pretend to be that person. So, like, Despise You was a weird one because, like, I've been to, like, heavy music, power violence, hardcore, like, probably since middle school. Mm -hmm. But Despise You didn't, like, I didn't really, like, listen to Despise You until, like, probably, like, later on. Mm -hmm. And when I found out about it, I was like, oh, this is cool. But I never saw how you look. Mm -hmm. And then when I saw you, like, live, I was like, oh, this guy has, like, a Dodger hat and, mm -hmm. like, dicky shorts. I was like, is it, is, like, you're really about it or is he, like, you know what I mean? Just, like, a dude who, like, likes to dress like that. Mm -hmm. So that was crazy. Mm -hmm. And then being from South Central, and then when I heard, when I saw you were like when I heard you were from Inglewood, yeah, I was like okay. And that's where we're standing right now, no? Yeah, I mean you lived here all your life. You never moved. I was born at Centinella. Mm -hmm. Been here ever since. How come you haven't moved? Just because this is my city. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think that's like I a, got roots here? Do you think that's like an LA thing? Like a lot of people will stay in their specifically in their neighborhood. Yeah, not just yeah, in LA. Yeah, they can afford it. You know, with uh -huh. the fucking prices now, it's tough. But like. Yeah, I'm gonna be here forever. So yeah. I'm not concerned. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not worried about moving anywhere. I'm not trying to move anywhere. Yeah, know? I like it here. So for the good and the bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, I, I mean, yeah, you grew up in Inglewood in the in the 80s. Are you what year were you born? Uh, I was born in '71. Damn. So, yeah. Fuck. That's '70s, '80s, '90s. Good, the bad, the ugly. That's crazy. So you, yeah, you, you really threw a lot of shit. No, yeah. it all. You're older than my dad. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, thanks, bro. Appreciate it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah. So we're, I want to talk about that for a bit. Um, mm -hmm. The difference between LA before and now. I mean, we got the basics of gentrification, but I want to talk about overall what was like LA in the in the eighties, well, when you were like old enough to. It. Uh, well, in the eighties, I was. Um, I was just skating a lot and getting turned on to a bunch of different types of music. Yeah. Uh, mostly like I met up with a couple people in like 80, mm, let's say 84, probably ninth grade that were more into like thrash and crossover yeah. than punk. And so I really started getting into those type of bands, you know, like the Slayer and Venom and, and whatever. And But also too, at the same time, like you know, like all the electro funk stuff was happening and it mm -hmm. was big and big and thick over here. Same with South LA. And there was a place down the road called the Mayflower Ballroom and they had dances and shows and I went to see 
a few shows there, like Egyptian Lover and um, uh, whatever it was, Watts Up Band and stuff like that. So I went to those shows too. You know, I was into all kinds of different music. You know? If you don't mind me asking, what are you half anything or are you full? My dad's, my dad's like three quarters Blackfoot Indian, and then my mom's Irish. Okay, so you're you're a mix of a lot. So how was that growing up in the hood? Fine with me. Did you get make fun of? No, I mean I just some old like, uh, no, like uh, a few times like much older like like. Uh, black grand moms would would say stuff like hey i you know we don't my dog doesn't like white people or whatever uh, i was like fuck dude there's no white people here yeah. so <laughs> yeah, that's stupid to train your dog like that yeah i'm the only one you know? yeah um but no then i started like i started my dad told me to take told me to take spanish classes starting in first grade so i um I started taking Spanish classes in first grade, so like I was pretty good on Spanish, and then the English would turn very Latino mm -hmm. right around eighty. Shit, I'll call it like eighty-two or something. Was it more black or white? It was all black. All black. All black. Okay. Ninety percent. I think at the time it I was reading some article for school, and it was the third most black populated city in America. Interesting. Because it was D.C., Gary, Indiana, and Inglewood, California. That's, you know, yeah. percentage of the population, you know. And how do white people end up in Inglewood? Fuck, I don't know, man. I believe they were gone when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how'd your mom yeah. end up in Inglewood? Because they couldn't afford to live in Venice, which is the, the uh, area they grew up on. They grew up, my parents grew up around Venice, you know, or Mar Vista Sautel, actually, is where they, Sautel. And, um, yeah, so they bought a house in England. And that was in, I think they, I think they got the house in 70. And then I was born in 71. And your, and your dad told you to learn Spanish? Well, because my dad worked construction. Like, he was a, he was, Viet, he, he went to Vietnam, then he was a carpenter when he got out. Uh. And, um, so he, he saw what was going on and he was just like I remember because the school I was going to they offered Spanish as a class mm -hmm. as an like an elective or whatever yeah. I mean not in elementary school because that was mandatory but like you had to take some some sort of language class and he's like you're taking Spanish and um, so I just take Spanish and learn Spanish and then like like back to what I was saying like around 82 it, it almost seemed like night like overnight within six months like it was all black and then it was a whole fucking Latino. Well, and it was a lot of, it was, the from what I remember, it was from two, there was, mainly Durango was the area where a lot of people were coming from to this part of the west side of Inglewood. Was it when Reagan was giving out papers? Yeah. Uh. Which is a trip, because when you hear people talk shit about Reagan, he's like, fuck, dude. Like, yeah, he did that huge amnesty. Mexicans you know? love Reagan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, like, the neighborhood changed, like, crazy. And, like, you know, when you hear about gentrification now, and it's so negative, but, like, when it happened back then, uh, there wasn't an internet, so... But, like, it was kind of the same thing, you know? Like, you had one group of people coming in, and... However they did it, it pushed another group of people yeah. out east, yeah. I mean, or further east, you know, well, because, I'm, like, it went, like, from what I remember as a kid, 
a lot of the people that were here, they moved to like Hyde Park area, which is east of here. Yeah. Still Inglewood, but it's right up on the border, right? Yeah. And then, because I had a bunch of friends in Hyde Park, and I would go there all the fucking time, ride my bike over there, and like, and that's, dude, Hyde Park was fucking wild at that time, dude. I mean, it was like, I mean, it's still kind of fucking wild, you know, but like, Back then, it was wild, dude, with the shootings and stuff. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, so, like, that's, that's, I mean, you know, whatever. People can get mad about it or happy about it or whatever, but that's what happened. I was here. That's exactly what happened. Like, one, one group came in, the other group moved out, and then that group that came in put the roots down, and they're still, now there's second and third generations of that group that are here. But unlike gentrification with, uh, like, say, wealthy white people, is that they got money, to, so they raise the rent, and then those people with money come in. But I'm assuming Mexicans didn't have that much money, so how, how did and they get... How were they, they have more money than the people that were living here before? Oh, uh, really? Well, yeah. Why Why else would it happen? If, if, if this is one... If, okay, you have two people that have X amount of dollars, right? Yeah. And all, all things are equal. Everybody's got $100. So there's two people in the house. They each have $100. Well, now, and they're kind of struggling and they're tight. And then you have another group of people that move in. And there's two of them, but they're friends with two, another couple. And they can all live together. So now you've doubled your income. Oh, and, that makes sense. and there's no drama at the house. When I was a kid, every fucking family that I went into that pad, there was five fucking six kids, a couple couples, and I didn't hear anybody yelling. You know what I mean? Can I pause it real quick? Yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. Wait, actually, you know, fuck you, go continue. Uh, I'll turn it later. No, go for no, it. No, no, go, go, go. That's not actually that. Yeah, so I didn't, it, like, I just, I just think that the dynamic was different, you know? That's from, I'm not, I'm not talking on some fucking, like, scholarship yeah, no, no, shit. Yeah, yeah. It's what a 12-year-old eyes saw, you know? And that's what it was to me, you know? Like, the, the ability for the people that came on the second wave to get together and put their money together and make things happen was a winning formula. Okay. You know? Okay, um, I mean, to put it into words... I mean, there's no wealthy white people moving into Englewood right now. Oh, yeah. I dare you to find me one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or South LA or Watts or... Compton. South LA is trying to happen, but it's not yeah, happening. dude, it, it's not... Yeah, I mean, you can say, okay, I found three families. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there's seven hundred thousand people. Yeah. That means nothing. Yeah. You know more. Probably no more people got struck by lightning. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I guess the way I put it, the way I also that what you're saying is that I think black families at the time were being a product of the environment, right? When Mexicans were coming in from straight up from Mexico, mm-hmm. they were being product of Mexico, not the, this environment because they're just coming in. Yeah. So. What I'm imagining is like um, like a Mexican family coming from Mexico. What are they products of? They are products of poverty and working hard. So they come here, they can make it work. But what I've seen with generations coming down mm-hmm. is that that now the Mexicans are a product of here. Does that make sense? I mean, it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just like an observation. What do you mean a product of here? So, like for example, me like my I'm born in Mexico, but my family like I came as a little kid. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm basically. An LA kid, you know what I mean? Because I don't, I don't know anything about Mexico. You know what I mean? I grew up in LA, mm-hmm. so I'm a product of LA. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm a product of. I'm not like I speak a certain way and dress a certain way mm-hmm. and know certain things, but mm-hmm. I don't know anything about over there. If that makes sense, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. No, it's just a, yeah. like an observation. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so and then and then with the music, the kids that that I was that I was um, hanging out with um, before that whole amnesty thing happened. I guess we can. The I was I was talking about. Um, there's this girl, Angela Boatwright. She's a photographer, and she did a lot of photography. I think for the Los Punks show and movie and whatever. And she was asking me about that because she was doing a, a thing on like South Central Punks or whatever. And I was talking to her about that mm. and how I thought that when I thought about it, like it was the Reagan amnesty that that that, that threw the balance off in Los Angeles with the you know those the different neighborhoods going more brown. Right? Mm. But um, when those kids, like, I would listen to, like, the shit I would listen to, Kiss, fucking Black Flag, whatever the hell, and um, the kids that were there at the time didn't listen to any of that shit. Mm. They couldn't even, they listened to, like, the Commodores, fucking, um... Skitty Woodlow? What was that? Skitty Woodlow? The band, Skitty Woodlow? No, not that. No, like, I, I'm talking about, like, in the late 70s, oh, early okay. 80s, like, just, like, um, black R&B stuff you know oh. like stuff like, like the Commodores Lionel Richie maybe that that black, uh, Michael Jackson off the wall record was, was out that was big but then when the Latino kids or the Mexican kids Chicano kids whatever came in they came in already just fucking into metal you know okay Maiden shirts Scorpion shirts fucking Dio shit Ozzy and I, I didn't know any of those bands real. I mean I, I kind of knew of them but like I I was like fuck man like I would talk to them about music and you know liking Iron Maiden isn't much different from liking like the Dead Kennedys it's still guitar oriented it's aggressive it's different you know yeah. so those kids are all down to like listen to my shit and I listen to their shit and we we were pretty much just like hit it off right off the bat with the kids and there was a fucking ton of them over here dude this on the other side of the freeway bro was that all that air freight was three story apartments yeah full of those motherfuckers that full dude like so you know they they were they were everywhere those kids you know and like then like i i like you know they would see me skating so they ask questions and then they'd get us maybe their dad would buy him some shitty fucking sure grip skateboard or something and then i would try to help him get like something better you know, because, like, now we're hanging out all the time. Like, you know, like, it matters kind of like you have a shitty skateboard or something that's decent, you know? Yeah. And um, then we just, yeah, that's when all that stuff happened. It all matched together. It did. Yeah, yeah, it really did, man. Yeah. And how about graffiti? Did that come in the 90s or it started off more in the 80s? Was it like a day and night type situation or was it like... I mean, there's always a gang graffiti. Uh-huh. Like, the, like, artistic type of graffiti, I yeah. would say, like... Maybe like '86 probably is when it started to get like pretty like. And what was like artistic? And what was like uh, gang graffiti like more? Was when did you think that start? I saw gang graffiti since I was a baby. Interesting. You know, all, all over the place. Over and what do you think in '86 made people like? Oh, I'm gonna do graffiti too, even though I'm not a real. It's probably like the hip hop stuff, or that one book came out. It was called Subway Art, and it was a thick book of New York graffiti on trains mm-hmm. and it inspired people here that were writing graffiti yeah. to like up their game or whatever you want to call it and they did and there was some then that's I want to say around 87 or so is probably when that West that WCA crew came out West Coast Artists uh-huh. it was always uh, it was all over on the west side 
and they were just fucking hitting bangers everywhere, dude, like badass stuff. And um, then the, then I don't know the timeline on it because I, I didn't grow up in that area, but then like CBS was really like one of the big ass influential graffiti crews off of Melrose. They were on Melrose, all the alleys by Melrose. They just, uh, there's shitload of those guys that are like somebody's now in like in the entertainment industry. You know? Yeah. Because like, they're, but they, they're from the, the origins of the street. Yeah. You know? Fairfax High. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine how much shit came out of Fairfax High. CBS, Red Hot Chili Peppers, tons of shit. Tyler, I don't even know. Tyler the Creator. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't even. I don't grow. I didn't grow up there, so like I don't know. Yeah. I just know from like once in a while going over there to go to a record store or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how was uh, Bleaker Bob's was on Melrose, and it always had good import records. And, and uh, how was like? I guess how was that like? Like you did you did you start doing graffiti after that? No, because I know your just, artwork is like really uh, like prominent in that. Like a lot of people yeah. like. I would I would I would do some random shit for neighborhood people. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, looking. I mean, I guess uh, while we're on the topic, looking now, I think Finn McKenty on that video that I, we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. he like. Uh, like uh, your art or like your aesthetic, you know, mm-hmm. you being into metal, art, punk, and then graffiti and being part of this. You look at now and like you see how brands, like streetwear brands, do that. Yeah. Does it bum you out, or do you think it's like, oh, like this is cool that this is now like this these things that I liked as a kid are now like acceptable, or does it bum you out? No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't bum me out at all. But you can tell what's genuine and what's not. Uh-huh. I, well, I can. I can see what's real and what's not. You know, and like. I never, I never did anything to make money, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and I still don't. I have yeah. a job. I work for. I work. I have a job. Like, and the art shit and the band stuff and whatever. I just do it because I want to do it. Yeah. Because I get something else out of it yeah. beyond dollars, you know. So, yeah, I don't. I don't care about any of that. I've been. I've been. I've been hit up to do. <laughs> the band too has been hit up to do stuff that just is pretty big. And it's just not something that we would ever mm. do. Yeah. And it wouldn't be something that we would respect ourselves for doing. Yeah. And so we didn't do it. And we just don't even talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it's like one thing in particular, uh, it's just it was big. And I'm like, yeah, that won't work, you know. Yeah. It's like long term, you know. I mean, well, with that being said, that now that's sold. Like, that's just sold without any, like, purpose or without any uh, background. It's just like, here's this, things matched together on a shirt, top. At the time, you, you being from the 90s and yeah. uh, late 80s, was, like, cry, the Cry Now, Cry Now cry Later comms, mm-hmm. the Pessimizer, uh, was it, like, was it, like, w- did people look at it weird? Like, what the fuck? Like, this is Cholo, but this is also, like, very, like, not just metal, but also very, like, fast. Like, w- did people, like, were starstruck at the time, or... Or everybody was like, yeah, this is fucking sick. I remember we got a, we got a, I remember one of the, the first Crynell comp, which I, I drew the cover on that. Yeah. And it's the chick, like, naked, right? And like, and some reviewer in, I think it was Maximum Rock and Roll gave us, gave it shit because of the girl on the cover, tits were out or whatever. Right. And, but that was like the only negative thing, you know? I, I think people didn't really understand or, or didn't really get what was trying what was going on there except for people over here on this side yeah you know what I mean and um 
but no, it was that only that one thing. Were you put? Were you put into like a hole, like into like a, oh, they're like the, they're like the Chicano, like you know what I mean? Like, cause I know like like me, like a lot of people have this like idea that I'm like. <coughs> Oh, this one says like Haina, and like I'm like, no, I'm not talking like I'm from South Central, not from East LA. And people like have this idea that East LA Mexican people are like, er, like every, everything is from East LA. That it yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Did that happen a lot? Oh, they were talking. Uh, yeah, like people were just like, yeah, just whatever. pitch into like, oh, like this full like they already assumed like you're like you're probably Mexican or some shit. Nah, I don't really remember that. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. I I, I remember some guy like. Uh, some some guy I know that was in Whittier who's kind of turned into a, a, a somebody. Yeah. He was like he was like fuck man. You talked to him recently a couple years ago and he's like oh yeah like the yeah the bow wow shit and then fancy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You have this, you have that. He's like, you were everything was like a little bit, a couple steps ahead, yeah. you know. And and he's like, so fucking keep doing shit like that because you're gonna be maybe two steps ahead still, you know, yeah. of like what's going, what's gonna come later or yeah. something, you know, like I, I don't know. But yeah, I don't remember what the question was, but yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't like it. There was nothing to it, you know, yeah. like as far as like backlash or. Or, or any of that stuff. But also, too, that was in a different time where they were like, just crying out comps came out before the internet. Yeah. Right? So that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and I just did what, I just did the stuff that I knew about. And that's, I didn't, I didn't design those records for anybody. Mm-hmm. I designed them how I wanted them to look. Yeah. You know? And like, it just so happens that people fucking liked it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, so, oh, how old are you around the time those comps came out? And, and Pessimizer and all that was like in the height. Like, when you were the most busy? Early 20s, mid 20s. What was your life like then? What was like your life that was pushing you to like keep busy in that? Like, were you like, were you like, were you, yeah? Um, I was, um, fuck, I was working full time. I didn't drive. I rode my bike everywhere. Did you not know how to drive or? I just didn't have a car, oh. um, and I uh, I was riding 20 miles a day, round trip. Then on the way home from work, I would stop at either Rogers Park, Sentinel Park, Ash Park, and play full court basketball. Mm. And then I would come home. I'd fucking do write letters for the to the um, the people I would tape trade with, or for my fanzine, or or whatever the fuck. And then. I was busy all the time. I was always on it, dude. Like for and that was that went on for years, and and then at the time, the early '90s, and me and Phil from Despise You, the guitar player, we we got a radio show at KXLU. So then I started doing that once a week, and that was Mondays from. Can you day. find that anywhere? Yeah, I'm sure you could find it. On what was it called? What was the show? Hour called? of the Goat. Hour of the Goat. And it was underground, black and death metal. Just demos only, demos Sick. and seven inches, and we had live bands too. We had fucking tons of live bands, um, and um, and I was doing that once a week, Mondays, and um, 
the uh, I just got like at a certain point I just had to start giving up a couple things you know because it was too much you know yeah. and um, those are ready you know um, and then my daughter was born and that was in like 2000 so kind of really started to kind of tweak things a little bit you know because yeah. it was too much but yeah I was very busy did the zine the, doing the zine doing the label band hadn't started yet the radio show I was helping bands book tour, book shows um, tape trading a lot and yeah it was a lot of things all at once and then it, you know it wasn't there was no convenience to it it was all writing letters yeah. and then phone calls it was all long distance so you had to just write the fucking letters because do a fucking five minute phone call to Boston it was probably like eight dollars or something yeah. you know it wasn't like now so well like being from Inglewood not the prettiest place and at the time being like doing all this stuff that keeps you busy do you mm-hmm. think you, I mean in hindsight you were trying to escape of like doing like fucked up shit or, or getting into shit that you probably didn't need to get into just because you had so much time on your hands no there was a there was a point where like I I, kept, I there was a point like in the maybe in the mid to late 80s where I was tested a bunch of times you know about like okay we're over here you gonna go on this road or are you going to go on that one? You know? So you either fuck it up or you don't fuck it up. And so that happened a bunch mm-hmm. at different times. And, like, that's when I felt I was being tested, you know? And, um, but I didn't, I did the stuff because I got something out of it. I know people were stoked, you know? Like, I kept me busy. I, I felt like, oh, I want to, I can, I can contribute to this thing, you know? And that's why I, um, that's why I was doing it. It wasn't to escape anything. I mean, like, as far as the gangster shit, I was hanging out with all the dudes all the time yeah. at that time. I, I mean, all the parties, all the quinceañeras, all the fucking, all the flyer parties, the fucking ditching parties, the liquor store parking lot fucking parties. Like, I was at all of them, dude. Yeah. I always made time for that for whatever reason. I mean, the, the kids that I used to skate with, all their older brothers were, were in the neighborhood all of them yeah so they they and most of the skater kids that I was hanging out with they eventually were from the neighborhood yeah so they would look at the crew of people of skaters that I was hanging around with as like this is just a little bit of a detour before they really come into the fold and start working you know yeah and so we would get to go to all their parties and and, all, and everything, and we went to all of it. So, 80s, into the maybe 80s, like ni- maybe 90, maybe 91, but certainly throughout the 84 to 89, it was it was like there was a lot of that. You know? Is there any specific stories you like to share of like specific people that are like, damn, this person could have really been something? Or did or played really good guitar or ha- or had the best lyrics or et cetera et cetera. They're like, damn, like if only you would have kept going that route. I mean, you don't have to name them, but like I don't know. Yeah, well, I had that- a, I had a friend who was a really good skater, like a really good skater, and he got he got shot two times and he got crippled. Oh my and, god! And um, he got shot because of his fault, or not? He got fault. shot because of his brothers. So like, he got like paralyzed. Like, he got shot under his arm. He got car rolled up next to him we were we were gonna go skate that night at this place in Westwood where you had to you had to skate at midnight and on because it was a parking structure 
and all the cars would be gone at that time, so we could fucking skate. It was sick. It's still there. It's called the NECO building. And um, he was on his way to my house, and he got shot. And um, he he almost died that night. He lost so much blood, and um, he uh, he um, he got crippled. Like he he had to learn how to walk again, and he and he walks like he walks fucked up now. You know, like still he just came by. When was that? Big one? Six months ago or something? Yeah, I came by that. I had some fucking dude out of like mad dog me through my window. I was like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, oh shit, there he is. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, um, uh, yeah, so he was, he was a fucking ripper, dude. Like, he was like, he was, um, really good. And then he got shot and he got crippled. And I got that phone call at like two in the morning. Like, hey, so-and-so's, he got shot. He's in, he might die. He was at, at St. Helen. And um, I went down there and, like, it, all his brothers were, were involved in the neighborhood shit, you know? So, like, that parking lot was, oh, motherfuckers, dude. Oh, boy. That was crazy to see everybody together at that time. There was hundreds, hundreds of people, gangsters. So that, that I mean, there's a lot of stories, but that's, that, that's yeah, the yeah. one that, to me, stands out the most because he was, like... That's really good. Really good, yeah. you know. And like, then he he had to learn how to walk again, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, like, I'm aware that's life. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you're unlucky. Mm-hmm. But do you like being like from Inglewood? Do you ever res- like maybe not right now? I mean, you're older now. You got you like somehow got it. But before, did you ever resent like fuck? Like if I if I were only from the other side of LA. I like would just be good at skateboarding and like you know what I mean? you don't got to deal with like other shit like coming creeping nah. down. The only thing I ever resented was certain other neighborhoods that I didn't like. That's, yeah. that's the only thing I resent, and that's that's still I still feel that way. Yeah. Just because you know like but yeah I didn't want to grow up in I didn't want to live anywhere else. I never thought like oh man I wish if I lived in this part of the town or this part of town things would be cooler because I, I I had good. Had good times here, you know. I still do, you know. Like, all uh, I wouldn't have met all those people if I didn't live here. I wouldn't have done all those things if I didn't live here. Yeah. You know, there's so many characters, you know. Not even the kids that I was kicking back with, but like their parents or their brothers or their sisters or you know, just everything attached to it. You know? yeah. and, and everybody has that story. And fucking cut hay or lots or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Everybody's got their dudes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you um. Do you like do you like now? And uh, I mean, I, I don't believe in the term metal saved my life or, or punk or none of that. But do you think if you would have not like seen Kiss or like listening to Kiss or hearing of Kiss like hit you that hard at a young age or like even just getting into punk like really into it, not just like you said a detour? Do you think you would have like? Because like you're from this neighborhood. On top of that, but I read your lyrics or like I see like your lyrics are like very. Uh, like unique if that makes sense like like it's very like like don't fix me like you can't fix me don't trip like it's, that's a very like mm-hmm. like weird like you know what I mean that a lot of people like now copy but that's like a weird way to like name a song it's very like un unbranded if that makes sense do unconventional you, unconventional yeah <laughs> do you uh we're in school now yeah fuck <laughs> the I mean do you like the like 
is I didn't like, I didn't have a blueprint for any of the stuff. Yeah. It's only my personal experiences. There's no politics. There's no religion. Yeah. I've said it to a bunch of people. I don't care who I don't care who anybody votes for, and I don't care who anybody worships. Uh-huh. It'd be fucking Catholic, Christian, doesn't matter. Fuck. All my buddies growing up were Catholic. Yeah. All of them, they all got baptized. I'm the only one that didn't get baptized out of the whole goddamn litter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, but that's that's cool with me. Or, like, gay people. Who gives a fuck? I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't, it, nothing affects me. Like, uh, I'm just me. Yeah. And, like, I write my lyrics and I, we play our music and, you know, if, like, you know, you have, like, these bands, like these Christian hardcore bands. That's cool. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's what they're into. You know, like it just it, it doesn't it doesn't affect me at all. What any of that any of that stuff. I don't talk about it and and I don't write about it and you know, it's cool with me what, what everybody's into, you know. Yeah. Same with the fucking diet shit. It's like wanna eat fucking barbecue ribs all day? That's cool. Yeah. I'm not eating them, you know, but you can. Yeah. But it doesn't bother me, you know. I'm not I'm not I'm not hard line on on any of that stuff you yeah. know not. well with like um, well I guess French I mean you fucking grow up in the hood over there the veganism doesn't mean shit yeah. punk rock means maybe maybe nothing you, you know what I mean like yeah. you're almost like an island you guys are like an island yeah. on your own shit right yeah. the fuck yeah. you know like yeah. same here yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I want to ask you is uh, your shirts uh on like uh, a sh- it's not like a drawing of like a cop like you know like it as a like like a, like a cheesy drawing of a cop it's like an actual picture but not even then it's not like a picture of like fuck cops it's like here's like the the image of why fuck cops with a kid in the yeah yeah like most yeah a lot of your shirts are like just like here's the reason if that makes sense is that like on purpose or it's just like you're just like this image looks cool or? I mean like because those images can say so many things to so many different people yeah it could be positive it could be negative it could be like fuck the train and the kid yeah. you know like there's so many different things so like the kid smoking the cigarette yeah he's a baby he's fucking kids like probably what is he fuck what did you say four years old well that's a fucking white appalachian kid coal mining when he's four years old yeah if you want to talk about like slave labor I mean, yeah that's not an old picture you know like it's not that old yeah you know so like yeah there is a lot of children stuff in the shirts you know but that's because that's where to me, that's where it's the most, that's where shit's the most gnarly. Because, like, when you're putting kids in, in those type of situations, then that's really bad. I mean, adults get in those situations that they can at least get themselves out or say, fuck, I'm not doing that, you know? But yeah. the kids don't really have that voice, you know? So, I don't know, it's kind of gnarly, you know? Like how, to me, that that's what hits hardest to me was like the kids. kids. Like, you know, when I was a kid, that there were several kids in the neighborhood who were getting their asses kicked by the parents, you know? That kids that I would hang out with, and every time I would show up, this motherfucker's got a new fucking set of fucked up stitches under his eye, you know, like he's four or five or something, and like, everyone's covering for him. His sister, his brother, like, yeah, he fell off his bike. Oh, really? What? No, 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 uh, uh, it fell off a fence. Yeah. You know, and like, I know the parents were kicking his ass, and I felt so bad, you know, for those kids, you know, because it was, it wasn't just one or two. I mean, it was a group, yeah. you know, over the years, and it's like, fuck, man, you know, like, but you and you, and you kind of feel powerless, you know, because you are powerless. You're fucking like ten years old. What do you, 
what can you do? You know, were your parents ever strict on you, or like ever like hate you, or like well, yeah, really? We're I grew t- up in the seventies, man. That was part of the deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. My mom would do it until it didn't hurt anymore, and then my dad took over. And so yeah, fuck yeah. That was part of the game. I mean, the, that wasn't like a. What's the way to say? It? Like it was just like accepted that like yeah yeah that's. You're not, you're not. That's not abuse or discipline. Yeah. You got out of line. Yeah, like they, that was a thing too, where they would say, "Hey, you're going to fucking uh, Chris Rodriguez's house down the, down the street. If you fuck my, that's my dad. Would say you fuck up over there, they'll fucking take off on you too." Really? Oh yeah, fuck yeah. And and then and, and, and they'll say like, like, and if he comes over here, same shit. His kid on your hand. His dad talked. Yeah. You know, and like that was just the understanding, right? I mean, it really was. It was. Well, looking now, do you think ass beatings are necessary? I, I don't think so. I, I don't agree with the physical stuff. You know, I, I I would say like when I was when I was a kid, I I would I would rather take the beating and still be able to go outside and skateboard. But when they wised up and said, you know what, I'm not going to kick your ass, but your skateboard is going to go to work with me. Uh, and you don't get it. Yeah. That was worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could still, you just have a fucking sore mouth or ass, yeah. still ride your skateboard, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that, that, I don't know if that's the best way either, but like, um, the, uh, um, the physical, the physical stuff, yeah, I don't, I don't really think that's cool. I, I was never like that with my daughter, you know? Uh-huh. But also, she wasn't. Being a bitch all the time or something, so I didn't need to. You know? Yeah. Um. So you had your kid when you were uh, in your early twenties or no, mid twenties? No, I wasn't my like quite late twenties when I had her. Did and despite and was that a reason or one of the reasons despite you didn't play the show? No, not at all. W- would you like to go into why despite you didn't? We like, just everybody everybody was um doing their own bands at the time, you mm-hmm. know, so we didn't really. We never really talked too much about playing a show. We would just get together and practice. Even though people really wanted to see you live? Yeah. Man, that's crazy, like. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't, um, I'm gonna dump this in. Um, we didn't, uh, we didn't really ever talk about it, you know? It's like, we just didn't do it. Yeah. There was no, like, there was, like, there was no, like, um, I don't know what the word for it is, like, plan, you know, like, oh, we're just not going to do it, and then we're going to bust on the scene or something. We didn't talk about any of that shit, ever, you know, like, and and then when we stopped doing stuff, which was, like, after the Zestus Skate record, um, it wasn't even a thing, like, all right, well, I guess that's it. Like, we just stopped doing shit, we stopped practicing, we stopped recording, and everybody did their own thing. Like, it wasn't... It wasn't even like a planned thing or oh uh, this guy doesn't like this guy anymore so we're not gonna do anything like it was nothing like that was there any anxiety involved like like the fear of like to I mean, play live yeah for me yeah for, for those those other guys no because they've done it a bunch of times i had never done it have you have you had anxiety like really that bad i mean anxiety i mean like i wouldn't call it i don't know if it's anxiety but like i just was like fuck man i was scared to fucking fuck up or or forget something or whatever, but it wasn't like, I mean, anxiety is kind of like a clinical term now. I don't think I ever had that. I was just like antsy and nervous about it, but 
know. I mean, I feel like if you're like a band, and like it, t- I mean, people already know it takes a lot for a band to even get big, uh-huh. and for like. At like being in the time where you're writing the music and releasing the music, uh-huh. like for people to be like, oh, like I want to see you live, and to be like, damn, I'm not playing live, like, because mm-hmm. I fear a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's just like I think that's anxiety. Yeah, well, maybe I did have a little bit of anxiety then, um, but I just I me mean, back to your question, like I just like yeah, I was I was nervous to play a show, to play our first show, but those other guys weren't. Yeah, because they had done it so many times. Did they, 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 did they, like any of the members ever like told you like, yo, like, like, was there any beef? Like, they wanted to play the show and you were like, no, no, no. We were so busy writing and recording that it was. I mean, we we would write. It was so it was like easy to write. We would show up at practice and it was we practice over in Highland Park, and we'd write ten fucking songs every time we got together. Yeah, and then we practice again, write five more songs, and then we go record. Yeah. And then we do it again and do it again and do it again. Were you were you ever like addicted to drugs? No. And I asked that because the album cover of uh Another Day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the resin's like the lady with the needle. Why is it not? I just thought it was a fucking heavy picture. Really? Where, where would you find these pictures? Like pre-internet? Like just right back? That one's out of a book. Really? Mm-hmm. We, we, we went in the bookstore and cut it out with a razor blade. And then used it. Interesting. But so we don't get sued. Someone sent us that photo, and I don't know where it came from. <laughs> That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, and when did you guys play your first show? I don't know when you guys played your first show. I think it was in uh, 07 at the Knitting Factory in Hollywood. And why did, why did, what, what led up to, like, oh, now? Well, Chris, Chris Dodge from Spaz bumped into. Phil at a party I think it was and said hey man fucking you know you guys should get the band back together I'll play bass and Phil's like yeah whatever and then he thought about it, I guess then he called me he hit me up and he was like you want to do it and I go yeah I'm down to go together and practice and see what happens and we did it and at that practice we ran through some old songs and then we wrote like two new songs and I was like oh shit and then he was like, "Let's let's record a record," and I had I had stuff to say, so I said, "Okay." And then um, uh, then we got hit up. Uh, this guy Dan he used to hit me up all the time. Hey man, he he did a booking. He he was a he's a promoter. His name's Dan Dismal, and I told him, "I go if we ever play a show, you we'll play your show first. Mm-hmm. Like and that was that was the LA Death Fest at the Knitting Factory we played that so that was the first show and then we started playing other shows and tours and then it just kind of went from there and we don't do a ton of touring or any of that stuff because we whatever we all work you know but like um, yeah it just went from there I mean there was no plan it wasn't like 
oh, we're going to do this, and so we can do that, and maybe we can get on tour with this band. None of it ever was like that. Everything was just happened because it happened. Same, same like it still is. You know, we don't, we don't like, we're not trying to like, oh, you know, like, we want to tour with this band so we can get to this level or anything because we, we just don't, we don't do that. You know, we, we think of cool things that we want to do and then where people hit us up, like Pig Destroyer or fucking whoever, you know, like, uh, what's his, um, Municipal Waste or Iron Reagan, yeah. they want to go tour, it's like, you know, it makes sense for us and we'll go, you know, like, or we can go on tour and bring a fucking local Cell Central band with us. That's cool too. Doesn't matter. Everything's the same, you know? So. Alright, then we'll wrap this up. Yeah. Just because. Keep it short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one last question. You come, despite you come from an era where power violence was like new and exciting or it was maybe even weird, mm-hmm. I still think it kind of is weird. Yeah. Do you like still like power violence? Do you still like care about it? Do you think, do you think it's. Like it should be even I still care done. about what we do. I don't listen to power violence all the time. Now. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah. Anything right. else you want to say? Nope. You no, fuck it. you. No, you got it all covered. All right. All right.